hear these words. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he had said to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've seen the Lord. Mary Magdalene cries out as she bursts into the room where the disciples were staying. What could she mean? What has just happened? Do you see her face? Doesn't she remember the cruel crucifixion that we just watched? Maybe she has just seen his body that, that wasn't in the tomb, uh, but, but that couldn't be it. She's way too excited. She's talking really fast now. Re really, I've seen him. Jesus is alive. Mary's witness had to be a lot for those disciples to take in. After all, Peter and the other disciple just came back to home base and said that the grave had been robbed. But Mary Magdalene, this faithful disciple, she saw him first. And she clearly has. Her witness, her testimony is vivid and joyful and honest. Let's back up. How did we get to this point Let's follow Mary Magdalene through this entire story and discover how she becomes the first witness to Jesus, the first Christian preacher. Before Sunday morning, we can back up to Friday afternoon, and we see in chapter 19 of John's Gospel who remained at the cross, even as most of the disciples had fled, and Peter denied Jesus. 
Verse 25 of chapter 19. Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, stood near the cross. As all others who followed Jesus had fled, there stood these three Marys, including Mary Magdalene. And a message she shared about Holy Week this week, our bishop, Hope Morgan Ward, drove home this point, saying some things are experienced only by the vigilant. Mary Magdalene proves that she is vigilant. She stays with Jesus through his death. Being vigilant is hard. It usually means that we have to stay in places we would rather not stay and do things that we would rather not do. It means facing our sadness and grief and disappointment head on. In our culture, we often try to avoid these feelings that get the label of negative. So we think that covering them up and putting a fresh cone of paint over them will do the job. Sort of like when we read in later resurrection accounts that after three years of intense ministry with Jesus, the disciples just returned to their fishing boats, just going back to business, trying to wipe away the last three years from their memories. When you really love somebody, it is both easy and hard to be vigilant through their death. It's easy because you will stay by them and there's no other place for you to go. It's hard because death is so scary and so very final. Mary Magdalene possesses this courage of love that stays with Jesus and remains vigilant through his death. Vigilance like this is admirable and requires great perseverance. It's like a cause that someone fights for after everyone else has moved on. We have friends who lost their baby over four years ago to pediatric cancer. They still celebrate him and raise money for further research so that others won't have to suffer like they did. That's vigilance. The students who were survivors of the Stoneman Douglas school shooting over three years ago are still advocating and pressing for reform. Even though many other movements have developed over this time, these young adults are still passionate and active, even though as a society we have long moved on. That's vigilance. Mary Magdalene could have moved on like the disciples did, peeling off one by one, not wanting to witness the beatings, disgusted with the arrest, unwilling to face the taunting, and devastated. But there she is, at the foot of the cross. And there she is, as Mary's vigilance continued some 36 hours later, as she got up in the darkness to go to the tomb. For Mary did not just stay by the Lord Jesus, she went seeking after him. Her vigilance continued. She saw that the stone had been rolled away and went to tell Peter and the other disciple. And we see that this discovery of the empty tomb, but they assume it must have been grave robbers or something like that, and then the focus is right back onto Mary. She is weeping, devastated that someone would do this great dishonor to her Lord's body. But she still continues to seek him. Once again, Mary doesn't flee the scene. She has come back to the tomb and is there seeking Jesus. After the angels address her and ask her why she is crying, the gardener asks her the same question. But then this gardener asks her this obvious but probing question. 
who are you looking for? In other words, who are you seeking? The first words that Jesus speaks in John's gospel happen after John the Baptist cries out, Look, behold, the Lamb of God. And two disciples leave John the Baptist and go to follow Jesus. And Jesus asks them, Who are you looking for? Literally the same words. Who are you seeking? Mary, like these disciples, is seeking after Jesus. This vigilance and persistence pays off, for Jesus simply says her name. I know my sheep by name, Jesus said earlier, and they know me. So she says, my teacher. Mary is met by Jesus. She sees the Lord. This moment is one of the most poignant moments in all of Scripture. We hear and see the intimacy that Jesus has with each of his sheep. And somewhere within us, we want the risen Jesus to call our name. We know that we can be known by him like this. You are here today because somewhere within you, you know that this resurrection is real and that Jesus has called, that the risen Jesus is calling and the risen Jesus will call you by name. But it is really hard to see. I feel like we're like Peter and the other disciple in this story, running to the tomb, seeing the evidence that Jesus is not there, and then moving on. In other gospel resurrection stories, the angel or guards at the tomb ask this question, why do you look for the living among the dead? And I think that we often do this I think our culture's obsession with those near-death or back-from-the-dead experiences shows us this. The books that sell millions of copies when someone can talk about what heaven may be like when they saw a faint illusion of it. But I think we're seeking in the wrong places. Why are we looking for the living among the dead? For I believe that we can see the risen Lord around us, that we can see the risen Jesus in our midst, but it takes a conversion of our imagination. It takes a reconfiguring of our minds. That's why as followers of Jesus, we worship together, why we pray, why we serve, why we study scripture together, why we commune at the Lord's table. We have to begin looking for the living Jesus in our very midst. It's why we ask that question as a church, where did you see God today? And we actually expect an answer because the risen Jesus is here. When we are vigilant, he will meet us. But we have to get out of the, out of the dominant thought patterns that pervade our minds. We have to stop obsessing over making enough money to be able to do or buy what we want and then realizing that it didn't make us happy in the first place. Looking for the risen Jesus will help reshape that narrative of consumerism or any other ism that, if we aren't careful, takes over our minds. Mary sees Jesus. And then Jesus tells her that this is good news, not just for her, but for all of his followers. They are all going to be in this restored relationship with God because Jesus suffered, died, rose again, and will ascend to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. 
So Mary runs back to the disciples where we began our story today, and she proclaims with joy unspeakable, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord is the message of hope today. I've seen the Lord is also a challenge to us. It begs the question, where have you seen the risen Jesus? And then it begs the second one, and who are you telling about it? The reason why faith in Jesus still persists and still is around today is because Mary Magdalene told people that she had seen the Lord. And they told others, and we continue in that very tradition today. Friends, if we are not careful, we lose the wonder of God sightings. And we start to think that coming to church or that faith is about becoming good or it's a duty that we owe. And faith becomes less and less about a God who can raise the dead. It doesn't happen immediately, but over time we forget the thrill, we forget the amazement, and we forget to tell people. I wonder if I'm more like Peter and the other disciple, running to get to the tomb, but not really understanding. May we be as vigilant as Mary Magdalene. May we be seeking for the risen Jesus all around us. And when he meets us, let's burst forth with our experience. I've seen the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.